Hello. Bless God this morning. We're here. And I want to welcome you to Times of Navigator Visual Change. My name is Makado. And uh, we bless God for the possibilities for being on this broadcast uh, always. I miss all uh, kinds of things happening each time. But we keep pressing through to be on the broadcast. And this morning, I just want to go straight into the Word of God and begin to look at um, the very things that we've been looking at already. I trust that this is being blessing you. This has been strengthening you. Shabbat, God bless you, my dear. Um, I trust that this, we tend to breathe in God. We tend to breathe in uh, the grace, the power. We are restored. We are strengthened. We we have brand new capacity released to us. So uh, this morning, let's get, let's get um, into it and look at what God has for us. And uh, there are several aspects of this that we could be looking at today. Um, we've talked about how to show honor to your leader. And um, we, we, deal, we dealt with the issue of honor began, begins from the heart. We've dealt with the issue of um, one needs to be submissive and obedient to your spiritual leader, not to the detriment of your own peace, your own safety and your own work in Christ. That is very important. We also said you need to minister to your spiritual leader. We need to minister to your spiritual leader, your apostle, your pastor, your prophet, your evangelist, your teacher, your leaders, those that watch over you in the community. There's a need that you minister to them. We spoke extensively about that last week. And then uh, today I want to touch on a very critical issue and uh, see how far we can go. Uh, let's touch on a very critical issue and see how far we can go. Now, honor is shown in several ways, as we know, and uh, it's important that we, we place honor where it is due. So for leaders that are in that capacity that we submit to, one of the key principles we want to look at this morning is that there's a need to believe and immerse yourself in their spiritual pathways in Christ. Now listen to me. There's a need that you be, you, you believe and immerse yourself in your leaders or your your your, your collection of leaders, um, the spiritual pathway in Christ that they walk in. What is the essence of a giving of a leader that God gives us leaders over us? It is that they will be catalysts, they will be a driving force to bring us from one location to the other in Christ. Paul talks about uh, the imitation of Christ, imitating Christ as he imitates him. You follow after him as he walks after him. That means that there are spiritual pathways that our leaders walk in. And these spiritual pathways cannot be divorced from uh, who Christ is and all of his entirety, all of the pursuit, all of the shout, all of the opportunities must all point to Christ. If there is a teaching that does not point to Christ, that thing is fundamentally dead and has absolutely nothing to do with, with, with God and his kingdom. If there is prophetic flow, that does not ultimately lead us to a development of a personal work 
and capacity in Christ and growth in Christ to the measure and the stature and the fullness of the man Jesus Christ then we are not arriving at it so all of what um, our leaders represent must clearly be appointed to Christ and therefore to honor your leader it is important that you believe you immense yourself in his spiritual pathways in Christ and so let's read a scripture in 2nd Timothy chapter 3 the verse 10 through 12 2nd Timothy chapter 3 the verse 10 to 12 I think I'm singing um, I'm seeing um, 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 I'm seeing a photo of Sierra I'm sure that could be answered um, I said God bless you sir that God bless you oh yes 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 God bless you God bless you so there is a need that we believe and immerse ourselves in the spiritual pathways of our leaders as in Christ as in Christ for example when we talk about the issue of spiritual fathers spiritual sons and all the critical pivotal point to being admitted uh, 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 the core things to be admitted to spiritual sonship and mentoring relationship is Christ the, 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 it starts from Christ if that is not in place we will have abuses we have all kinds of things masquerading as Christ but will never arrive indeed at the maturity that God is looking for so um, let's look at 2nd Timothy chapter 3 the verse 10 to 12 it says Paul was talking to Timothy and this is one of my favorite passages in scripture when it comes to dealing with these issues of following Paul said but you have carefully 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 followed my doctrine manner of life purpose faith long-suffering love perseverance persecutions afflictions which happened to me at Antioch at Iconium at Lystra what persecutions I endured God bless you Theophilus what persecutions I endured and out of them all the Lord delivered me verse 12 yes and all who desire to live godly in Christ will suffer persecution so Paul clearly is bringing Timothy into a very powerful spiritual pathway and he described this spiritual pathway as going through several several layers of experiences and he underscore and honors Timothy and praises Timothy for his conduct for his attitude in following and this is how Paul describes it it says but you have carefully followed my doctrine carefully followed my doctrine not stupidly not foolishly not blindly you have carefully followed my doctrine if I'm a disciple I should have a mentor I should have somebody leading me I should have somebody grooming me I should have somebody bringing me through and for 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 the community to be strong and powerful and to allow the, the the commitment of God entrusted into the hands of the people that leads us 
there is a need that I, who is a follower, I carefully, I first of all believe, and I immense myself, I soak myself, I give myself wholly to that course, that spiritual pathway that is seen is seen in um, the servant of God, the leader that I follow. So there's a need that I believe and immense myself in his teachings, in Christ, once again. I mean, believe and immense myself in his teachings. I have I've seen over the years that people sit in meetings and some of these things are taught out of inspiration and experience over the years. People sit in meetings and your spirit man can clearly pick their heart that what is the, what is being taught, what is being served on the table, they are not absorbing it. They keep being in another market, in another location. They are not given to it. They are not open to receive it. But they keep coming every Sunday and they keep expecting a change to happen in their world, in their life, just instantly. By some magic wand, they expect to see a quick swing in their world that changes everything. But it doesn't happen that way. There is a need for me to see transformation, for me to see growth. I'm going to turn to a scripture right now that is going to be very important in the issue of following. For me to see growth, for me to see development, for me to see capacity expanded, for me to see that transformation to happen to me personally, it is not just going to happen to me when the teachings, when the spiritual habits and mannerisms, spiritual habits and mannerisms, I'm not talking about personal mannerisms, but I'm talking about mannerisms of the spirit that God entrusts to his servants and is expressed through them. Um, when all these habits and mannerisms are put on display or when they are spiritually transacted, you may never see them transmitting into your world but because of the connection these things begin to flow into your world into your system into your everything jesus tells uh, uh, uh peter he says peter if you love me follow me he <laughs> says peter you love me feed my flock feed my sheep so what is the essence of the feeding of the sheep Providing pasture that Christ, the following of Christ by that leader, providing a certain type of diet, a certain type of food, a certain type of food, serving on the table that should nourish you spiritually, build you, bring transformation, and to cause that destiny to be released and made manifest. What is all of this investment? If the person the woman, the man who is being served these things refuses to eat them, refuses to give himself whole literary. So one of the ways you can honor God, you can honor Christ and honor your leader is to immerse yourself and believe deeply, give deeply yourself, give yourself wholly to the things that are taught and served and practice them, leave them. And, and express them and and God will bless you so looking at Timothy again I'm going to flip to that scripture in Ephesians shortly it says but you have carefully followed my doctrine Paul's teachings his doctrine 
his doctrine do you follow the doctrine and the teaching of your leader or you follow just another so every sunday or every weekly service you gather you sit you listen you leave and you forget it becomes going through the motion if i am not there they will make comments about me so let me just go and sit there and listen you are doing yourself a disservice give yourself to the doctrine and the teaching of the house that is how i grew up let me tell you a piece of story so today i still have notes that i took i took years back 1990 1996 1997 yes till today i still have notes that i took way back in 2000 I still have notes that I took way back in 2003. I still have notes that I took way back 1999. I still have them all. I remember the man who brought me up, who is now in blessed memory. This man, when he started coming to the very branch of the Assemblies of God Church that I used to be part of several, 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 several years ago, several, several years ago, um, I fell in love with him and that's how the connection began. I fell in love with him. I started following his ways. I started going to his meetings. Anytime that he has a meeting, I was just a young chap, uh, just like young like Sierra and pursuing God and giving myself holy. So I started going to meetings and, and I will make notes. And when I make these notes and I return home, this is the way I begin to immerse myself in them. I begin to use them for my personal Bible study every day. So to today, I am not one of those people that go by our daily guide, our daily bread, um, and those uh, daily guide Bible study thing. I am, I am unable to do that. When I start off with that, it confuses me. Or when, when I start off with that, I still have to spill over into, into into deeper meditation, into spending time with a lot of things, reading stuff and absorbing stuff and giving myself to them. So I would use his teaching and the notes that I took from his teaching time and I would study them. I would study them. And I remember as I studied them, there were flipovers. There were flipovers. Things began to swell out. Things began to leap out of the pages, out of meditation, walking down the street in prayer. Things began to began to bubble up and burst forth. And I began to walk in my own personal revelation of God and capacity and 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 and, and began to write my own notes and teaching notes and some of the teachings I simply would teach his own stuff way back I just would teach his own stuff in a meeting that I'm required to teach in and this is the way you immerse yourself in the teaching of your leader teach the things that he's teaching Apostle Paul said what what we have entrust to faithful men faithful men who will teach others and entrust them so teach teach what he teaches believe in it practices practice it uh, practice it walk in it leave it it says you have you have carefully followed my manner of life carefully followed my manner of life that is the way impartation is received impartation cannot just happen instantaneously impartation lives in the place of relationship impartation lives in an environment of connection impartation lives in a place of following so somebody can come into a space 
and instantaneously connect in a certain manner and that allows for transmission of this great grace of God into the person's life. So what is the manner of life? What is his prayer life? How does he pray? And I'm, I'm not saying that if your leader is lazy in prayer, some leaders, um, I know uh, we were in a conference and uh, an apostle was asked, and, and, and he was asked, how does he pray? He should tell us about his prayer life. About the about about his prayer life, you know, Paul talks about in the book of Thessalonians. He says, "We live among you like nursing mothers. We imparted our very lives to you. This is biblical reality, and you cannot do anything about it." So, the apostle, this this is his habit, his spiritual habit. He says he spends is it one hour a day to pray. That is the same, and that works for him. That works for him. But as you begin to live in the mannerism of his life, and you sense the demand to go hours, you know, that is the way it starts. You begin to expand into your own capacity and work with God. So, what is the manner of life? What is his fasting life? What is um, his, his study life? What are the things that he loves that he cherishes that he he pursued after in christ soak yourself in those things because your impartation will come that will begin to swell and lead you into your um your your personal private capacity to be expressing god and mannerism of life soak yourself in his purpose many people live in in organizations and uh, if i say organizations I'm talking about the kingdom communities. And they don't believe in the mission of a kingdom community. They don't soak themselves in, in this. When, when, when um, um, a call is made for certain things to be done, they are totally not given to it. They care less and, and all of that. I tell you the truth. You could live in that space for several years. And somebody could just walk in and within a pace of one year, two years, that person will begin to walk in massive blessing, massive capacity, massive opportunities because that person connects well and honors his leader. So it is important to soak yourself in his teachings, his spiritual habits and mannerisms. Um, I've seen these things over the years. Somebody is sitting there and is seeking a blessing and you are teaching stuff that will lead the person into a blessing and... Um, the person is just totally oblivious. He's he careless. And he's just thinking about my blessing, my blessing, my blessing. And the next thing you see is that he is working in a struggle because he is living in an environment. And that environment, he does not accept the environment himself. He does not accept the teaching in the environment. He does not soak himself in the practice, the prayer. Your leader says, we pray 12 hours non-stop. So come into the meeting grounds and everybody just lift up your voice and begin to pray in the spirit. And uh, uh, um, you said, you, you're careless. I can't do this. Your leader says, we want to spend every Friday two hours. I know a community, every Friday two hours. Every Friday two hours in the evening. They just they just walk in and it's two hours non-stop praying in the spirit. Non-stop praying. Nobody's commanded. Every two hours, uh, every Friday they do this. And you said, you don't careless. You will not go there. You will not do this. You will not study. They, they, you dodge services. Please, let me say this. You dodge services. You actually dodge services. You know that Sunday morning, there will be a Bible discussion before the main service starts and your service practices once a week and all of those things are designed to enhance your capacity, to cause you to grow in Christ and you will deliberately step into the service at 9.30 at 
when you know very well that the the bible study is is ending because when you go into that space you know they will ask you questions oh um what does this thing mean in scripture just to get you engaging and get you expressing yourself get you flowing with community and growing together and you don't like it you hate it you know very well that when you go into the service your leader could possibly tell you lead this prayer time and so you will dodge always all of these things they do not lead to growth they do not lead to capacity building if you want to build capacity give yourself to it your leader says run and it's in the cause of christ run to do that and to get that done now go to ephesians chapter 4 i wanted to go to that scripture and then i'll flip back um i doubt if i can teach all the things that i need to get into today but um it is fine ephesians chapter chapter 4 now let's go down to um the verse 11 which is a popular scripture we quote and we speak to the issue of fivefold ministry and um, i want to speak in a certain capacity now in verse 11 it says and he himself speaking of christ he himself gave some to be apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers christ himself gives why 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 is he given why is he releasing these dimensions into the earth why does he give us pastors says for the equipping of the saints for the equipping of the saints for the equipping of the saints so what we describe as spiritual mannerisms habits culture of my leader are things that we can point to and say god christ releases and gives us apostles spiritual mannerisms of who an apostle is how an apostle thinks how an apostle behaves what are the things that attract him christ releases to us prophets they they live in the ambitions of god they live in they live in the emotions of god they live in the feelings of god they live in the thoughts of god they perceive and think differently and speak differently and communicate differently why would god give us prophets it is not for fanfare why would god give us an evangelist so that we will all begin to think behave and act like an evangelist but unfortunately we have entered into the season of consumerism consumerism christianity the me i i i christianity everything is self-focused i choose the food that is served on the table and 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 if i don't like this food i get off the table and i go to the nearest table to, to the, the nearest the nearest uh, house and i look around their table if i cannot find what i'm looking for in terms of what christ um, uh, in terms of what i like not what christ has said what i like i keep going round 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 until i find that is what the bible says that in the last days people will be given to itching ears they'll be given to just pleasant itching ears to hear 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 things that uh, pleases them and as a result of this many have come into all kinds of under all kinds of spiritual attacks religious devils have overlaid them uh, somebody was telling me yesterday it says when i listen to some folks and i listen to your teaching i said some of these folks he this person was telling me and the person was was serious the person was concerned about about um, um what is happening around me she said when i listen to some of these folks they they talk something for a while then they begin to tell a certain story 
Then they begin to do certain things. But when I listen to you, you, you have severe teachings. You have transformative teaching. You have things that would want to provoke you and not leave, not leave you to live cavalierly with such disdain uh, um, conduct of Christianity that is perverted and rife in our society today. The person was telling me. But he said, when I look at, at the number of people that surround you in your meetings, and I look at the other side, I don't understand why they have so many people around them and all. I said, you never know. But however, there is a pervaded religious demonic spirit and style of teaching that continues to cause the people, let me use this word, that sweetens their ear, that suits their hearing, that makes them feel, ooh, they don't feel disturbed, and, 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 and they don't feel provoked, they don't feel challenged. And you see, such conduct of Christianity, when persecution arises, these people crumbles. They are unable to live in the marketplace. They keep becoming an ash heap of what used to be when you place them in the marketplace. We need a brand new teaching, a kingdom teaching that leads us to a new conduct, a new way of thinking, a new way of behavior, a new way of prayer. Like I was saying, was it two Sundays ago? People need to stop some of these foolish prayers and pray correctly, pray intelligently, pray engaging heaven and, 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 and get things done. But we have a system that have continually uh, plundered the people and made them uh, 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 leave them at a place of arrested development and made them not to walk in the capacity. The Bible says Christ himself, he gave from an ascended place, a height, a place of overall, of government, of, 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 of superiority, of all of everything submitted to him. He gave the apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, pastors for my equipping. He has given pastors for my equipping. That word equipping is, is a flows from a Greek word that is katatismos. Katatismos. Katatismos means to give somebody the right set of tools to be able to function. Now, very interestingly, that word also means to, just like a dented car, to straighten the dent and put it back into shape. That is why I am following. That is why I need to honor my leader to follow. If you don't understand why you ought to follow, I am telling you now, and here it's now, you would have to learn to follow because the dent in your life is going to be straightened by a certain type of grace, not a, not a man, but Christ himself giving in human vessels, apostolic expression, apostolic spirit, prophetic spirit, prophetic capacities, teaching capacities, evangelistic capacity, pastoral graces, and grace is not a spooky thing. It's an investment of heaven fixed inside ordinary men that makes them do extraordinary things. That is why I could walk into a meeting on an environment and I know absolutely nothing about people and I go mentioning your name and speaking specifically and speaking the intent and the purposes of God into your life. It is not for entertainment. It is not to just make you happy. This is supposed to make you to begin to see God from a different perspective. The wonderment of God living at the evolutionary 
cutting edge of the wonderment of God, of who he is and his doings must live in our world and live in our life powerfully. And we must exist glued to the grace that is given by Christ. That is why you have to follow. Many people go to church meetings today in our world today, in my country. Many people gather at church meetings and they have no clear purpose to why they are gathered. Everybody is gathering somewhere for one miracle, one blessing. But I tell you the truth, there is something bigger and powerful, something eternal, something that is an unbroken continuum that links back into eternity, that connects to Abraham, that connects to There is something grave, something severe that God is going after. God is not in the business of trying to do things for us, of trying to get things done to us, but he is in the business of getting himself revealed in Christ Jesus to us until all of us have risen and come into the stature, into the form, into the shape, into the thinking capacity that we would do as Christ do. WWJD, a book I had several years ago, it says, what will Jesus do until we all enter, until, until, friend, stop going to church seeking one miracle. Have your priorities right. Miracles are a part of our existence. Our born-again experience is incomplete without miraculous expressions. And so the seeking and the pursuit of it is not the way forward. The, the, the way forward is to live in the reality of the redemptive work, the redemptive work, the salvation work. It says of this great salvation, how can we escape God himself? Hebrews 2. God himself confirming his word with signs and wonders and various miracles and the gift of the spirit as he wills. It is not on your terms, but it is on his terms. They are given for the equipping. You need a right set of tools to live as a marketplace believer. You need a right set of tools to do the will of God. Now, this word also means that me as a leader, as an apostle, as an evangelist, as a teacher... I am supposed to begin to relate the grace of God given into me to Mark, to Shoba, to Theophilus, to Amsa, to Serena, to everybody, to Grace, to, to everybody, to David. I'm supposed to relate this apostolic, this prophetic grace, this evangelistic grace, what capacity I'm given. I'm supposed to relate it to their individual, unique call in Christ Jesus that will be able to produce the work of ministry and the call of God in them and to cause the kingdom to thrive. So it is not a wholesale man of God, woman of God. It is not a wholesale church leader. This thing is supposed to be related to individual capacity and to build them in their unique capacity. So it is not about just standing and preaching and shouting and making it done and showing some wonderful peace and prophesying and going away. But this is supposed to lead to individual transformations that unleashes individual capacity and individual call. Friends, there is a need that we return to a proper following of Christ by leaders and there's a need that I am who is a believer, who is a member, who is part of the community. I follow my leader well. 
I think there used to be a Jamaican song, follow the leader, 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 follow the... There is a need that you follow the leader. You follow in doctrine. You follow in spiritual mannerism. You follow. Your leader is praying five hours. Begin to stretch yourself. Begin to press in. I want to enter into the capacity. Can you imagine we have a community and that has no excuse for language. The Bible says that uh, when Israel was marching, they, they put the women and the children behind. So in quotes, in quotes, just to express um, it's um, um, it's an expression that we put women, um, the children, weakling behind. No, can you imagine a community where all of us are in this space for for so that all of us are able to edify? The Bible says, let me read it. It says, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the equipping of the body of Christ. Now, this little piece of statement is can be interpreted. That last part for the edifying of the body of Christ can lead us to begin to talk about honor in a certain way that is very different than just relating to your leaders in your community for the equipping of the saints for the edifying of uh, for, for, for the work of ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ till we come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the son of God to a perfect man do you see that to a perfect man, not angels, right in this flesh, we begin to enter into what God calls a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. This is why I go to the meetings. This is why every Sunday I teach. This is why every Sunday morning, regardless of whatever pain I may be going through in my body, I stand to speak. This is why every Sunday morning, if even I am struggling with technology, I still want to make a way to be able to teach this thing. Because this thing it's equipping somebody. It's giving somebody the right set of tools. It's making somebody to be expanded in capacity in a, in a way. This thing is releasing severe grace into somebody's life to propel him and give him momentum. So if I am committed to a following, I would go after the teaching of my leader if I miss it. If I miss it on a call, I'll go after it. I will listen to it. I will listen again and again and again, underline stuff, write out stuff, make notes, and ask questions. We have too much of lazy Christianity, and I am sick and personally tired of lazy Christianity. Lazy Christianity I'm tired of. I'm tired of lazy Christianity. I'm tired of this butter, my bread, sugar, my cocoa Christianity. It doesn't lead to maturity. It doesn't raise a people of warfare. So we continue to move through the wilderness for the next 40 years when we can accomplish this thing in one month. If people are given holy to following the doctrine and the teaching. I'll go read the book of Acts. Um, let me repeat two things that should, that should, that should be with you. The equipment of the saints, catatismos, that flows from the word catatizo. This word, catatizo, means to equip rightly, 
to give the right set of tools to give the believer to repair to repair to to, to remove the dent to shape back again to cause transformation friend the next time you go into a service as you think of a miracle think about how will this grace transmit into my life and god i want to be transformed i want to be taken to the next level of work with you something must shift until i become i come into that form and fullness of christ and secondly the thing that must live with us as leaders we must follow christ rightly because that word equipping um shaping managing doing all of those administrative things and the spiritual transaction thing it is that you must relate your grace given by christ to individuals so you have 100 people you're leading your capacity must be given to individual uniqueness in shaping Theophilus uniquely in releasing his call so today for example in our churches we have bankers we have lawyers we have uh, um, evangelists we have we have engineers we have people of all kinds of capacities sitting there we have presidents in uh, 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 to be presidents one day we have politicians we have bank managers and all but unfortunately we do not speak to them in that capacity of their call for ministry their call for ministry may not be going for evangelism necessarily this person is called a banker he drinks banking he sleeps banking he sneezes banking how do you as a leader speak to that person this is what equipping catatismos means it is not a wholesale it's not teaching anything and saying god bless you and you go no this thing must be related so we must begin our communities must become an emissary basis the camp centers of equipping military bases our communities as much as we get into fellowship we sing we dance we do all of that we must have a strategy that equips people and releases them for function if you study what an ecclesia is we are dealing with severe matters here so the born again experience is not to give you one blessing and kick you out of here and you go to heaven those of us thinking that way if christ wanted you to go to heaven immediately you became born again he would have checked you out quickly and send you let me check my time and send you to heaven so that you go to be with the father but he has left you here that in this earth you will be able to walk in a certain capacity so that you can express the kingdom so it's important that we are given giving give to the purpose the faith of the man <laughs> i can't say some things he's long suffering you stay with him when he's suffering long how does he love your leader loves deeply you don't love your leader loves deeply he cares for the people you don't care about them his perseverance his ability to press in do you stay with him in his persecutions do you stay with him in his afflictions paul described his afflictions that fell to him at antioch at iconium at listria 
He says, what persecutions I endure. He said, Timothy, you have, he said, but you have carefully followed. By now, you would have interpreted your leader as something. I'm not talking about those leaders living out of the space that is not Christ. As a result, things befalling them. I'm talking about leaders standing for the cause of the kingdom. Let me try to stop this, and next week I continue. I thought I would have, I would have kind of summarized a chunk part today, and then next week uh, probably end it on building a culture of honor. But it keeps swelling. So don't be like John Mark who deserted Paul. Don't be like John Mark. <laughs> Don't be like um, um, Peter. Oh, I'm with you. I'll follow you. I am with you. I'll support you. When? Then you turn, Peter is not there. I've heard people tell me, Pastor, start this thing. When you start, I'm going to start with you. Pastor, I'll do this for you. Pastor, I'm going, me. Hey, I'm going to support you. I will do this. I will do that. Stop the lies. You know deeply in your heart you are not committed to the cause. Oh, Pastor, I'm, 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 I'm going to give myself from this day and I'm going to do this and this and that. And immediately you get that thing started. <laughs> they disappear. And they leave all the burden on you. So personally, I've learned my lessons over the years. You don't come to me and say, I will do it, I will do it. I say, go and start it. I want you to start this one. Yes, I'll follow you, I'll follow you. Okay, so now be in charge of the, I'll follow you, would I'll follow. Come on, be in charge of it. I will now follow you. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, just, it's just people, we live in a generation that does not know what commitment is, that does not know how to receive love and give back love. And so when issues of commitment arises, they just disappear, disintegrate, and they go. Are you in his persecutions? When people begin to persecute me today, as your leader, your pastor today, will you stand with me? Peter lied. <laughs> but Christ, still, God still shows mercy. John Mark left Paul. But later, Paul um, saw value for him and said they should bring him to him. Paul didn't want to see him at all. Yes. But later I said, bring him back to me. Listen. Let me end on this. I'm going to end on this on the issue of showing honor. In judgment with this generation and condemn it. <clears throat> for she came from the ends of the earth. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon and indeed greater than Solomon. Sorry about that break. Those are some of the challenges that happens. Let me read it again. Please, we end it on this. Ha. Huh. The queen, I'm reading it slowly, and please absorb it. The queen of the south will rise up in judgment with this generation. So think about the Kenyan community. The queen of south rising in judgment with that community. And condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear, underline that word here, the wisdom of Solomon, and indeed, greater than Solomon, is here. Listen, the hearing of the word 
it's not in just the listening and paying mere lip service to what you have heard. When the Bible talks about hearing, I take it to Hebrews chapter 4. It says that for they did not enter into the promise because they did not mix the word with faith. That word mix means commingle, commingle, to common and mingle. They did not, they did not equate, number one, they did not equate the hearing of the ear to the source of the sound. That is, as I am listening, so you don't just sit in a meeting and listen and go. You listen engaging and listening from source, even though Mark is speaking. You want to connect to the source of the speech, which is Christ. So, it leads to preconception. What could have been at the back of the mind of God before releasing that word? I want to enter into it. The queen of the south came from very far place, the ends of the earth, sat with Solomon to hear, to equate her heart to the source of Solomon's speech. This is the way you place honor on your, on your leader whilst you immerse yourself in his teaching. And the Bible says, she will condemn. Even a worldly king will condemn the Pharisees, will condemn the believer because of his conduct and attitude of hearing. And indeed, greater than Solomon, which is Christ, is here. And this Christ is expressed through earthen vessels. For John 1, 6 says, For there was a man whose name is John, and who was sent from God. God, Christ, um, will do miraculous things, but he still uses men today. So there is a need that you soak yourself in what is taught. Listen over and over. Lastly, the Bible says, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing again. How do I develop my leader's faith? I'm throwing so many things at you. How do I develop my leader's faith? Walk in this mannerism. It is that I listen, the original Greek says, to hear, hear again, Listen, hear again, hearing again, the hearing again, hearing again, hearing again, and boom, faith is produced. Live in that place of grace, live in that place of power, live in this new dimension of Christ that is being released to us. Honor must be given, and God is a witness to honor. If God permits, next week we shall meet, and I'll, start, I'll go talking about God. honor begins with God, you and God. And most probably, I will talk about you and other men. For leaders, you and other men. There's a need that we enter into the capacity where we honor one another even though we have not met one another. God bless you, Shoba. God bless you. I almost said I will see you, Shoba. <laughs> God bless you, Amzad. God bless you, uh, Samuel. God bless you, Theophilus. God bless you all. And lastly, lastly, I forgot. How do you honor your leader? Promote what he is teaching. Shoot it out. Share it. Send it out. Uh, Shoba, keep loading me. Keep loading me. Keep loading me. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying, Shoba. I'm trying. And God bless you all. God bless you. In Jesus' name, I'll see you. We breathe him in on this call always. We breathe him in. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. And it is bye-bye for now. Wow, we bless God this morning. I want to welcome you to Times of Navigating and Mutual Change. My name is Mark Agbeko. And this morning, we want to just get into the Word of God. I, 
I want to say thank you for being a broadcast. Always share this broadcast. Invite somebody to connect to this broadcast as we get into the teaching of God's word. Um, today uh, is beautiful. It's good to um, continue to hear the voice of God each and every time. God bless you. God bless you. So share this video. Invite somebody to connect to it as we continue to discuss the issue of building a culture of honor. Building a culture of honor. I want to get into my notes immediately. Um, we want to, on the call, every now that we gather, we are actually breathing in the Lord. We're breathing in the dimension of his life, um, layers of his life, capacities flowing from out of his world into our world. I want to say thank you, um, um, Amzad and family, and Sierra, God bless you. Samuel, God bless you. Samuel, uh, ensure that today you are early. You are very early at the meeting because we need to get our setups done early enough and we get running. So ensure that you are there early. Good. So let's get into this. Um, this teaching today may probably be the last one or the last part one depending on how fast I can go. So, uh, however, if I gauge, I think I'll be dealing with the last but one uh, on this particular issue of the culture of honor specifically. And then thereafter, I'm going to move into teaching uh, something else that relates to the culture of honor. There are several things in my heart though, but uh, we leave it for the arrival of that day when we begin to teach those things uh, so let's go back and look at the culture of honor and let me start off by saying this morning that there is a need for a revisit so that is the way we're going to start today there's a need for a revisit to the page of honor so each and every one of us as we started this discourse I clearly pointed out that there is a need that you keep a page of honor. And this page of honor is supposed to identify men and women who have placed endorsement over your life, who have brought investments over your life, into your life, whose belief and faith and confidence in your gift and your capacity has ensured to allow you to be where you are today. It could be your father, it could be your mother, um, it could be both parents, it could be an uncle, it could be an auntie, it could be somebody who may not directly be related to the family, but may just be uh, somebody who picked you up down the road, your pastor, um, your spiritual leader, your, uh, your mentor, the one that took you up and allowed you to get into, into um, the space that you have gotten into today. We climb on the height, on the, on the shoulders of giants. Let me do this acknowledgement. My dear friend, Kelvin Chambliss, I'm so swamped with a lot of activities, but I carry you in my heart. I miss you. I hope I can find some um, space of time today so we can just catch up and just talk briefly. So uh, hoping to catch up with you uh, sometime later today. Yes, yes. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. Your your endorsement, your confidence in what I teach continues to prod me forward to, to teach these things and to, to continue to allow me to be imbued with confidence. 
um, your capacity to stay on the call, Hamza, everybody, all of these things uh, allows me to continue to be doing these things every now and then. So I honor you, I honor you, I hold you dearly, I cherish your words, your conversations with me provoke a lot of things and uh, even, even it feeds into the things that uh, I teach on several levels and so I want to say thank you so much for the friendship. Thank you so much for the friendship. And as we talk about uh, having a page of honor, then you want to acknowledge those rich friendships that have actually brought investment into your world and into your life. And has allowed you to be joyful and peaceful and allowed you to pursue your purpose and your destiny to today. There are people who do not cherish relationship and the poorest place to be on in life is to be without friendship. The poorest place to be in life is to be without friendship. If you may not have money, you may not have all the resources, but a little introduction, it's, it's, uh, it's an open door, a little introduction, endorsement by somebody is an open door to allow you to enter into a vast uh, 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 space that will change your life. I have spoken on platforms simply because somebody took my hand and said, there is something we need to do together. And so he introduced me to another person and this introduction has now led to a deeper bond even between between me the the person and i almost as if we've known ourselves for 25 years or 27 years and so let me tell you this i was supposed to uh, fill a document and give my friend dear friend of mine whom i've known for about 27 years we preached together way back from school and i was supposed to give him an endorsement um for um, a certification he needed to get and this new introduction he brought me into is also going for the same certification do you know that I gave this new introduction on the same the same the same endorsement the same uh, accolade the same uh, respect and I signed his document too because there is relationship that comes up and it seems to have traversed the course of several years but would have just met today that is what honor can do so i want us to soak ourselves and sink deeply into this issue of honor because it changes our lives it changes our marriages it changes our children it changes our homes it changes our ministries and allows the grace of god to gain some level of acceleration and momentum within our lives so let us revisit the page of honor go back to the men that have endorsed you and i said before and i continue to say you might be at this particular um a crossroad of life where something might have happened in the past between you and this man or that woman as a result you may not have access look for people whose voice he can hear he can listen to go back to this man this woman um if there's a need to say sorry say sorry mend the nets again reconnect uh, present some gift to him and start a brand new relationship acknowledge him speak good about him bless his work pray for him that he will expand because life is too short than to spend your life going through all these heckles of dishonor and never seeing full potential full capacity unleashed in the earth it is time that we enter into all of that which God has for us. And that is what we have to live for. Husband, wife, do same. 
time to acknowledge your husband, your wife in another way. So as I'm talking this morning about the consequences of walking in dishonor, the consequences of walking in dishonor, there is severe and uh, there is severe and detrimental effect that comes upon people when they begin to step in dishonor. And this teaching, I believe, uh, I believe from where I stand, I believe it's going to be very simple. Unless of God, God begin, unless of course God begin to throw in a wager and a spanner to throw it into a certain um, 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 realm that I may not know. So there is, there are severe consequences, effects, results that come upon people's life when they begin to walk in dishonor. When they begin to walk in this honor, let me just start off to say that when we take somebody like David, David confronted by Saul, David being pursued by Saul, David had the opportunity to come upon Saul and to take his life. But the Bible says that David cut off the skirt of, of his garment and he said, that um, even that when he did that, his heart smote him. He, he felt broken within. He felt, he felt contracted within him to say that this is God's servant um, that I am touching. So we see that David is offended at, on, on, on every front. Please hear this. Man of God, woman of God, hear this. David is offended. He has every right to destroy Saul, but for the sake of honor to God, and the capacity, the space that he occupies as ordained by God, David deferred to a choice that will not lead to destroying Saul by his hand. So the principle is this. Sometimes we come into these environments where leaders abuse us and do all sorts of stuff to us. It is not in our place to go fighting them because leave Saul to himself, he will self-destruct. Leave Saul to himself, he will self-destruct. If you have any leader who is like a soul type, I promise you, leave him to himself. He will self-destruct. Yours is to pray for him and love him and, and allow the grace of God to, to flow through you towards him. You have no place, you have no right to lift a hand against that man because the patterns are very clear in scripture and we saw somebody that killed Saul and David asked the person to be killed. So there are consequences when we walk in dishonor, please. There are severe consequences when you step into dishonor. Do not touch that servant of God in higher grace and capacity than you. Don't do it. There are severe consequences because God is a witness to honor. Next week, I will talk about God. Honor begins with God. And you will understand this statement more. Honor begins with God. You will understand it more. There are severe consequences. God is a witness to the giving and the receiving of honor and the dishonor. And dishonor. God is a witness to the giving and the receiving of honor and dishonor when it, it's, it involves any of his servants, God is standing right there to witness it. Number two, God receives honor done to his servant as personally done to him. God receives honor 
as done to his servant he receives it personally as done to his servant as done to him so god takes it very 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 serious when an honor is given out to his servant so we want to stand in that place of honor and 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 ooze out and offer out of honor and give out of honor and flow out of honor towards every servant of god i see hamza write something here. let me just read that it is better to leave the offense and the offended in the hand of god better to do that better to do that better to do let me see that how true uh i can't see this right up well let me see maybe let me see i can pick it yes how true the fight belongs to the lord we serve and give regard so we we live our life out of either honor or dishonor every day we are sowing seeds of honor please hear this every day we are sowing seeds of honor or dishonor so it is important that you pay attention to yourself so dishonor is expensive we want to agree on that dishonor is terribly expensive and i want to just go back to familiar scriptures the first thing that we see when dishonor goes out or not the first thing one of the things that you see when dishonor goes out is that you could inherit cases it's very very true it's a scripture we can begin to pull it right from the new uh, the old testament into the new testament you could inherit cases when somebody dishonors the body of christ the community the Bible speaks of a place of authority of the community that could leave this person as an infidel, disregarded, and opens the person, makes the person vulnerable to all kinds of satanic attacks. The Bible talks about a man in the book of Corinthians who was walking in total dishonor. He was walking in sin and total dishonor to community life, shared life. Apostle Paul talks about handing him over to Satan and his body being destroyed his soul being saved there are all kinds of things we can talk about honor from coast to coast from a to z this honor is expensive so you could inherit cases and you want to pay good attention to yourself genesis chapter 9 the verse 20 through 29 it says and noah began to be a farmer and he planted a vineyard then he drank of the wine and was drunk and became uncovered in his tent now let's let's understand this the uncovering of noah in his tent was not done by somebody to him he did this to himself he so that leader could be walking wayward but be careful be careful be careful that leader could be living anyhow but just be careful because of honor that is witnessed by God and he takes it personal, you should be careful. Then he drank of the wine and was drunk and became uncovered in his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. This thing is happening inside. This gentleman carries it and broadcasts it. He stands on the mountaintop and tells it all to everybody. He picks a microphone and he shouts it out. He gets on Facebook, tongue lash, and publicly expose this person without thinking about God being a witness to it. So the Bible says that he speaks about this matter to his brothers outside. 
I want to believe that if he had called his brothers to some inner chamber and said, listen, I just went in there and I saw father uncovered. He's totally naked and this is shameful. If he had called them and spoken to them inside and spoken better, I believe the story would have been different. There are several things in scripture that are for instruction that actually um, teaches us. So the Bible says, but Shen and Japheth took a garment. But Shen and any, I mean, this particular portion of scripture excites me. Their conduct, their attitude to display honor towards their father. But Shen and Japheth took a garment, laid it on, up, on, on both their shoulders and went backward and, and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned away and they did not see their father's nakedness. They did not see their father's nakedness. They did not see their father's nakedness. I mean, you, you need to walk with leaders with great honor and walk with some level of shamefacedness where, where you are seeing and looking upon some something you may call a weakness, something you may call disgraceful, but you literally, literally, literally just shut off as though you didn't see that. I had a story, and this is a story about a senior man of God and a junior or his associate, his associate. So they visited another person's church. They visited another person's church. And this senior man of God was supposed to be speaking now they went through all the activities on the day as they were in the office of this host they began to have a conversation and the host asked this senior man he put a question directly to this senior man do you know so so and so and so and so and this man kept quiet and the the assistant pastor was telling the story this assistant pastor associate leader was telling the story he said when the question was thrown thrown out do you know this man of god my pastor kept mute and there was this compulsive voice within me wanted to speak out that we know him two weeks ago he was in our company and was teaching us but he said he controlled himself he held back and just moments passed and this host began to talk and said this man of god no so so the the senior man of god eventually retorted and said no i don't know him then this other host said um this man of god i'm talking about visited uh, our community some time back and he has very awkward attitude he has bad manners he has this and he did that and he did that and he did that can you imagine your senior leader sitting you are the associate leader and the question is thrown out do you know so and so and you go answering yes when he wanted to answer no it is total dishonor it is uncovering of your leader so we have to be careful how we walk we work with with leaders and the point is that this gentleman shem and um, ham sorry um 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 what's the name uh, the Bible says, Shem and Japheth, they took a garment. And I always say, they put the garment on their shoulders. So one brother on the other side, the other brother on this side where I'm standing. And they held it and walked backwards towards their father. And they refused. They consciously refused to look upon the nakedness of their father. And they dropped this cloak, this garment on their father to cover their father's nakedness. Scripture says that, 
um, then Noah awoke. So Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his young son has done to him. Then he said, Curse be Canaan, a servant of servant he shall be to his brethren. Simply, clearly marked out when we walk in dishonor, we could be exposing ourselves to curses and that will destroy our lives. We all know the story of Canaan. We all know what, what it led to thereafter, how life became and the subjection. And historian has, historians have all kinds of stories that relate to that and the black uh, race. We want to stay in the space of honor. Secondly, secondly, uh, dishonor is expensive. And the consequence of dishonor is that it could lead to barrenness and lack of fruitfulness, being it spiritually or physically. It could lead to barrenness or uh, um, lack of fruitfulness. It could lead to barrenness or lack of fruitfulness. Um, I had a story, aspects of it I cannot share. But this piece, I will say, um, a young man did a young lady wickedness, 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 wickedness. And when this happened, this lady told me she stood in this space and said, I will not forgive him. In her heart, in her heart, she did, did her, her severe wickedness. And so this guy, they've all grown up. This guy is married now. And apparently he went somewhere and this prophet was prophesying to him and said, there is a lady you did wickedness to. Um, she is a twin. She has a brother. The, the, the twin is a, bra is a, is a male. And, and this lady, you did so much wickedness to several, several years ago. As a result, now that you're married, you can't have children. You can't have children. You can't have children. We have to be very careful. Dishonor is expensive. We have ministries that are barren because they walk, because the leader is walking in dishonor, doesn't respect anybody, it's full of arrogance and all. As we were growing up, we've seen conflict in churches. We've seen churches, we've seen leaders in churches um, coming, up, coming, up, coming up against one another and then split off. But some of the situations that I observe when I cast my mind back, some of um, the people that walk out of the conflict with all kinds of things, I mean all kinds of things, today they are no longer on the face of the earth. I remember very well and some of the stories I can share. Today they are gone and you sit and you look at it, you're like, how come? Because that man is so full of grace, is so full of honor, is so full of power. But how come he got wiped off? There is something that seems to be at work when people step into this honor. Second Samuel chapter 6, 20-23, sorry. When David returned home to bless his household. Now we know the story of how David danced and all. Then he came home. Pay attention carefully to the context of these, verse, uh, these verses we are reading. He has blessed the people already. Everybody is gone home. Here, David can stand as that preacher who might have been traveling all over the place, who might have been blessing other people, but he walks into his own company to bless them. He walks into his own community to bless them. 
I know several, several people, or let me put it this way. You can be, you can be in a kingdom community because of the heart of dishonor. You will be there for the next 20 years and never experience certain dimensions that is locked up in the grace and the capacity upon that man of God. Somebody walks in one week, two weeks, three weeks, and then, boom, life begins to change. Life begins to be very different. Um, one of the ministries that I led a few years back, uh, there was always a story that um, they hear testimonies when I go out, when I speak in places. But they are wondering how come certain things are not happening in their world and in their life. And so I noticed, I think, two particular persons began to be very different among us by by trying to give me honor in a particular way and i know god i've taken note of, of of that so you could be very proximate to grace you could be very proximate to the powerhouse you could be very proximate to authority but this authority will not trickle down to affect things around you until you begin to look at that authority that vessel and relate to it from a position of honor differently i'm not talking about um, um worshiping that man or that woman and making him a demigod i'm talking about the true culture of honor that has its bedrock that has its bedrock on christ the the condition for entering to honor it is not how handsome that pastor is or how beautiful that uh, preacher lady is and how much money he has but it is hinged on the fact that christ have commanded us to live so so second samuel 2 23 23 i'm reading the niv uh second samuel chapter 6 the verse 20 through 23 niv version when david returned home to bless his household Michal, the daughter of saul came out to meet him and said i, I just want to stop here Michal was standing at a very powerful vantage point of a blessing but she lost it she was just about to nail it but she lost it she was just about to step into something powerful but she lost it because of the heart of honor it's not her words but even the heart that she came forward with so david returned home to bless and every now and then when we gather around our leaders there is a blessing there is something that is going to transmit but Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, disrobing in the sight of the slave girls of his servants, as any vulgar fellow thinks. So she would speak out of hystericalness. Psychologist says when you are historical, she speaks out of historic, being historical, being historical. She is not speaking out of the bowels of the spirit. She's speaking to David, looking at things laterally, not things flowing to heaven, not looking at David. That as David stands, he stands before God. When David speaks, he speaks from the position of what God will. And the Bible said that David said to Micah, it was before the Lord 
who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people, Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord. So it is important that the things that we may call debates, vulgar, um, 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 things that the things that our leaders will do that may have no uh, value to us. It is important that we see through the lenses of honor. We see through the lenses of honor than looking laterally and looking from our human and fleshly perspective. We need very strong foundation for honor in our children, in our homes. If not, we will have a bunch of generation that will rise and will never, never walk in the inheritance of the fathers. Let me say that again. We need, we need strong foundations of honor in our homes, in our kingdom communities, in bringing the next generation up. If not, we will have a generation that will never step into the next dimension of life in, in, in a manner in which God want them to step in. So, David said to her, I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this. And I will be humiliated in my own eyes. But by these slave girls you spoke of, I will be held in honor. My God. Does it mean that these slave girls have received of a blessing that Michal has never received? Something in between the lines is clear. That when people walk in honor, God blesses them. And perhaps these slave girls would have gone out there with something left upon their lives, with some freedom coming to them. But look at Michal, living in the palace. And Michal's do Michal, daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. Many wives today can go barren. If I say barren, not physically barren, but you just lock yourself out on purpose, destiny, because of the way you treat your husband, because of the way you treat your wife, because of the level of dishonor. David is Michal's husband, but David is a man of God, called by God. He has God's hand behind him. He has divine attestation upon him. He has divine commissioning backing him. He has angelic hosts released to allow him to fulfill. Watch it. David never cares Michal. But there is an aspect of existence that links the verse 23 to all that happened. How does the Bible record that? And giving an account of David's encounter with Michal and Michal's history and saying that flowing from the place of this honor for David, Michal never had a child until she died. I heard this story and uh, this man of God said, he said that there's this preacher who moves in tremendous miraculous powers. People are having children. People are getting healed. Destinies are being released clear sense of prophetic word being released and so one day he gets home and in fact when they got home the wife was with him when they got home the wife fixed his table and everything got it ready it was it was super than usual and so the man was wondering you know you should laugh over this when 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 the conduct of the wife is unusual in treating you good the suspicion is am i am i about to be prepared for my early grave 
or it is something else. So this man was wondering to himself, what is this woman up to? Is it an early grave preparation? Is she embalming me for my, <laughs> for my funeral and all? What was it about? And after the man finished eating that evening, the wife said, let's say he's called Papa John. He said, Papa John, today you will have to bless me too. I have served you. I have served you well over the years. I am on my knees before you. Bless me too. Put your hand on me and pronounce a blessing. And the year thereafter, this woman began to have children. This is the man of God, anointed of God, empowered by God, but the wife never had children. How many wives are barren today? Barren physically, barren spiritually, bankrupt, bankrupt uh, financially. How many wives are on the path of destruction as a result of lack of honor for husband? Please think about it. This Belgian conference of equality, we must understand it in the context of scripture. It is not what every man can do, a woman can do. There is a place of grace and authorization, divine election, that Belgian conference cannot undermine, uh, can, cannot, cannot supersede and cannot undermine. There is a place of established authority that requires honor, that God is a witness of, and that he receives and takes it personal, that Belgian conference cannot do. So over the years, what a man can do, a woman can do, and all of some of this madness, and, 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 and it has destroyed many. And man, you must also honor your wife because there is clear-cut instruction in Scripture of unhindered prayers if we fail to walk in proper regard and honor towards our wives. Let me touch on the third one in my notes. We can talk about the issue of destruction destruction we can talk about the issue of death when men walk in dishonor look i'm not going to be talking about grace 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 and you have a bunch of 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 emerging generation that lacks honor and that will self-destruct i want to live long and not just live long but if I'm supposed to live the next five years, ten years, I want to live powerfully, unraveling every dimension of God's, God's purpose for my life. I don't want to be locked out on anything. I don't want anything holding me back. I want the years, the, even if I'm going to live up to 80, 100 years and, and, and all, I want to live fulfilled. I want to live powerfully. I want to leave this life empty, not going out of this life with a lot of things buried in the grave, not unraveled, not brought out and fulfilled. Many, many people today have lost it. Their ministries are, have come under arrested development because when you dishonor that man, when you dishonor that woman, when you lied upon that man, and it wasn't true. When you join a company to actually ensure that his ministry goes down. Hear me. There are some bunch of people who think they can take stuff upon their, their shoulders. 
and 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 vow that we will make sure his ministry or her ministry is destroyed you will self-destruct because jesus christ is the owner of the body and he will demand his ministry and you should be ready to be confronted by him if you go about pulling blocks breaking walls and pulling stones and all of those things out of his community so that that whole wall can come down you will self-destruct don't do it i've heard stories when church split and then somebody carries the keyboard somebody carries this and say i bought it for the church are you serious you must be matured when you offer unto the lord i'm somebody when if god should say is that all that you are doing the bns leave it and move move the other way and go i would turn my back without looking for what did i buy what did i invest what did i do because i stand in this place that there is nothing that i have which he did not give to me so death death and destruction can be the portion of many let's look at moses and the sons of korah um, and i'm going to just summarize it so we we get the story so we know how god has set aside the levites um, out of the tribe of israel for full time service to him so god made a choice that the levites will minister to him and and they were ordained to take care of um the things of god they were ordained to take care of uh, uh the things of god now there were three of three flowing out of the levitical uh, family and these three we had um a geshon we have merari we have kohath and we saw that the sons of um, aaron aaron and his sons were chosen out of the tribe of um, uh, geshon to be able to lead and minister to god in a different capacity so that of mirari and so um uh, the uh, uh, the sons uh or korah so we we see that as history move on um the children and the sons of korah began to disdain their service now if you look at scripture the work that the sons of korah do they, they it seems to me they were muscular people they were people with great stature and capacity because the carrying of the beams, the lifting, it may look so mundane. It may look like I am just a mason, I'm just a driver, I am just this, and this does not fit in and recognize like the man that is standing at the top and leading every time he's leading. You know, let me tell you, let me tell you, those of us in Ghana especially, let me say this, God, there is a demonic power that has permeated um, music ministry. If you're in music ministry, learn to walk in the honor of your call without without um, thinking or being paid. A lot of musicians today who are supposed to be great worshipers and have the investment of heaven in them have simply become um, what, what we would we'll call um, um, highlings. They have just become highlings. The highlings, they have no passion and care even for their ministry but for the money even preachers but for the money and you see part of it was that these musicians began to think how can you give honor to the preachers that they are preaching and we are we are also preaching the word of god like them through reading and you give them more honor than us you 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 give them money you don't give us money and so suddenly all over the place in ghana i don't know who brought it and every musician is called minister this minister that minister this minister that 
I find it so awkward. I find it so awkward. I was born and given a name, Mark Kwame Agbeko, with Papa in the middle. That is my name. And I don't need to be called Minister Mark in order to, to have my bottom line underscored. So we have had this religious devil, deceptive spirit, truncated itself and found within within the sphere of music so musicians have have resorted to demanding and and oh look i want to tell you there i preach in bns i speak in bns and i have no salary and i have no plans of putting one on the bns i have no allowances i have not even mobile phone allowances but i do it on honorably and when i even receive gifts that is that is meant personally 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 for me that should take care of personal stuff i take all of that and plunge it back into what i do and i do it without the pursuit of money all over the place in ghana very few quality people are given to not being highlands in their music careers because you envied another's place and you saw it to be more honorable more powerful and and more uh, uh, uh it has more opportunities and they have money they are getting access and all why not we also so many people today have no anointing upon them again but they have a voice they have a gift but it lacks grace and it lacks power i learned very early in life when i started singing that satan was a chief priest of the music music ministry and music industry he got cast out and he would never be happy of anybody who receives that appointment because he has been replaced and so i need to guide my heart i need to guard my heart i need to protect me don't step into dishonor to your own destruction and your own call I, look i preach at places i preach at places several years ago as a young preacher i preached at places and when i was done i was written a letter to say thank you i, I didn't get offended uh, and and when uh, when i'm invited i'll go back again and speak joyfully not looking for cash don't become a mercenary so these sons of Korah began to disdain and uh, disdain their work Look at the blessing upon them, muscular, handsome, giant, who can carry the beams. I should be happy that I carry that beam and push the work of God forward. That, that there's, a, there's a gentleman in our community called Bernard. He does a lot of stuff to make the meeting running every week. He does a lot of stuff. It would be a mistake for Bernard to arrive somewhere and say, why should I clean the place or dust this and do that? Sometimes when I even rebuke him, he just smiles, almost hiding his face away. Please listen. You must stand in your call with great honor. Now, they began to complain. Ah, Why should... Um, um, Moses and Aaron and his sons only be the choice ones. Are they the only people chosen by God? Are we also not in the same capacity like them? They have access to this and access to that. And we, you know, you know all of the appellations and all of the complaints. And the Bible says, God said 
when you look at this story, you find it in Numbers chapter 3, you find part of it, Numbers chapter 4, down to number 16, you find a story. And God said, let everyone stay away from the tent of Korah. And Moses said, this day you shall know that I, Moses, I am a man of God. <laughs> you know, by the way, if you don't call somebody a man of God, you will get offended. <laughs> so, but this day you shall know that I, Moses, am a man of God. And I'm called to do what I am doing. That in placing Aaron in that capacity, God commissioned me to do it. And that you shall not die an ordinary death. And if you die an ordinary death, then I am not a man of God. Moses lifts the battle and places it right at the edge of God receiving honor and being witness to honor or dishonor. And the Bible says the earth opened up and swallowed them with all their belongings, their tent, and wiped them off. And people began, when you read the scriptures, people fled away from the tent of Korah. They ran. They said, run. If not, the earth will swallow us up also. Death and destruction can be one's portion when you step into this honor. Friends, let me touch on this last one. Let me touch on this last one. Elisha versus the children versus the children that were eaten by, by the two female bears. The story is very simple. Second Kings chapter 23. It says, Then he went up from there to Bethel, and he was going up the road. Some youth came from the city and mocked him. They mocked him for whatever reason. They mocked him and said to him, Go up, you bald head. Go up, you bald head. There are consequences of that comes that follows dishonor. You see, I'm in certain relationship. Some of these folks are older than me. Somebody like Kelvin Chambliss, older than me. Many, many years of exposure and work with God. Anderson, many, many, many years. Spaces he has worked in. The fact that I speak on the same platform sometimes with him, the fact that I'm al allowed to share my thoughts with, around him should never make me to mistaken capacity for uh, my capacity to be equal to his and the grace and calling to be equal to any of these people. The Bible talks to us about the issue of self-honor in your gifting that is found in Romans chapter 12 you need to stay in line let me just read that you need to stay in line minister according to your grace respect your grace respect your capacity honor it walk in it love it cherish it don't be like the sons of Korah you will self-destruct chapter 12 the verse 3 down it says for I say through the grace of the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Look, there's something called a measure of faith, and it's not, I believe, I believe. No. There is something called the linkage of grace and the measure of faith that allows Mark to speak about the things that he speaks about in the way he speaks about, that allows him to see God in a certain light. There's something called a measure of faith. I am teaching, I prophesy as a result of a measure of faith and grace 
that has been committed to me. That word measure cost talks about boundaries, parameters, defined boundaries, sphere within which you operate and you live your grace and all. Don't try to be like another. So let me just finish on this. Um, 2 Kings 2, 23. Then he went up from there to Bethel, and he was going up the road. Some youth came from the city and mocked him and said to him, Go up, you bald head. Go up, you bald, bald, bald head. So he turned around and looked at them and pronounced a curse on them in the name of the Lord. And two female bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the youth. Simple as that. Destruction. Death leaves at the presence of self-exaltation. You are too opinionated about yourself. You look down and talk down to people you refuse to stay within the parameters the boundaries of your call you see the nakedness of another you flung it and throw it out there you find a bunch down the road speaking about and cursing and seeking to destroy that leader you jump in and join and continue to Recently in this country, there has been some fracas between one of the biggest churches, uh, leaders in one of the biggest churches. And I don't know if about 40 or 50 or less actually left the community. I happen to just be, and I'm ending this, I happen to just be on Facebook. And I, I don't know who shared this, but I saw a certain man of God, handsome, handsome man of God, young man, full of energy. And I saw that he was lashing at several things, even as far as the leader at the top there. I may not be somebody who may pursue and be in, comp in their company, but I quickly sent him a message on Facebook. And if he's hearing this, he knows I'm talking about him. I quickly sent him a message on Facebook. I said, uh, hi, sir. You may never know me. I am so-so-and-so-and-so. I would like to speak with you. If you have some time, can I get your number? He sent me his phone number. I said, when can I call you? He said, now. I phoned him. And I said, sir, I've observed your write-ups. I've seen some videos. Um, can you tone down? Can you, can you calm down? I may not have a pedigree to speak to you about this thing, but this is what I do, and this is what I'm called to do. I'm called into the prophetic office but I'm observing something that may create more problems for the sake of yourself and where you are going. For the sake of your, your wife and children, please. Your wife um, might have experienced, no, your wife has experienced a lot of pain and there's so much that is going on right now. And so please, 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 can you drop it? Can you tone down? Can you tone down? Can you calm down? Focus on what you are called to do and just do it. He said, thank you, prophet. Thank you so much. I said, can I pray with you, sir? I said, Father, heal the wife's heart. Heal this man's heart. He said, amen, amen. I said, heal his wife. Protect her mind. Protect her conscience. My God. There are stories I can't tell you. 
I can tell you on this call. Let's walk in honor. Let's walk in honor. This honor is too expensive. You have many more years to live. Live it powerfully. You have opportunities that God is going to present to you. And some of those doors are going to be opened by stepping into honor. Father, we thank you. We breathe you in on this call as you continue to instruct us. Father, through the struggle of the words of my lips, I have said these things. But I trust that your grace and your power will take them forward beyond my voice, beyond the sound and the echo and the, and the cacophony of noise in my voice. That you grant hearers clarity, that you make them to hear exactly your voice beyond that which I have said. Lord, let people expand into various dimensions of honor. Father, I ask that you bless that brother, you bless that sister on this call who has embraced this and stepping into honor. Father, we breathe you in. We give you praise. We give you all the glory in the name of Jesus. Friends, I want to say thank you once again for being on the call. And um, um, this evening, we are live. Those of us who are far, who are far, Zorina, uh, Amza, friends, friends, if you are available, you can connect either via Zoom or you can follow on Facebook and you will be blessed. Friends, out of America, we will be sending the Zoom link out everywhere so you can be part of the meeting. Um, but I want to invite you, if you're in Tema, if you're in Ashaiman, today I'm receiving one of my friends. I honor him greatly because of the boundaries of grace that has been given to him. And I want you, you are in Ashaiman, you are in Tema, you are in Accra, 5.30 p.m., the meeting starts. In fact, I've told the gentleman that 5 p.m., let prayer start. Let prayer start. So come in early, be part of this meeting. Trust God that he would somehow deposit something in your life as we get into divine transactions second Sunday. Today we have four Sundays going and this is the second Sunday. God bless you and the Lord favor you. Uh, thank you, Shoba. Great, great encouragement and words of wisdom today, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate your feedback. And we're doing everything to make sure the sound on the call in the auditorium is very clear. We need to get some tools, some devices, and that should get this thing done. And we, we're pushing and working on that. And I trust that we're going to have a good meeting. As, as the week goes forward, I bless you and I ask that the Lord favor you. And have a fruitful week as we continue in the third week of the 21 days of prayer and fasting. I love you peace and life and hope be with you and the fellowship of the holy spirit be with you it is bye-bye for now thank you so much thank you serena thank you so much um Amsa, thank you sierra god bless you the lord bless you and open your eyes let there be a stream of fresh fire of the prophetic that i see coming out of me let it come into your life causing your eyes to be enlightened that you can see the Lord give you visions, dreams. The Lord give you visions, dreams. God bless you, Sierra. Receive this impartation. Let it enrich you in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you all. Bye-bye for now. I'll see you in the evening. Bye.